0: Welcome into week 9 of Campus to Caching. I'm Ethan Sowers. Usually I've got my friend Chris K alongside me, but this week I am flying solo. Returning the favor, a few weeks back Chris covered for me and uh, gave you guys a uh, wonderful solo pod and I'm going to I'm going to return the favor. I'm Gonna crank out a solo pod uh, covering this week's main slate on DraftKings. Um, and we'll just jump right into it guys. It's same format. We're just going to go position by position and, uh, I'll give you my thoughts on, on how we're attacking this slate. Um, starting off at quarterback. So there's really one value play that jumps out that I'll get to here, but we'll, we'll start with the higher press guys here. As we go through these positions, uh, Caleb Williams at the top $10,500. He's got Cal this week. Obviously last week was a, uh, a little bit of a challenge, uh, seeing USC, take on another loss was um, a little bit demoralizing if you're uh, anticipating Caleb's run for another Heisman or you're, you know, you're hoping that that Caleb is able to finish strong with a, uh, a team that's fully bought in. Um, but with two losses, you know, it does seem like they're out of the national championship race, out of the playoff race. Um, I do think Caleb is still in the Heisman contention again. Um, but with duds against Notre Dame and a, a you know, an average game against Utah. He really needs to put on a show for these last few weeks. Um, That's where I do think there is a little bit of juice with Caleb this week. He is playing as, um, you know, he's playing for his own reputation, his own draft stock. Um, He's also trying to defend that Heisman from last year. Um, So I think that you will see him play hero ball. And Caleb hero ball is a great thing for fantasy. Um, so I am I'm I'm in on Caleb Williams this week, despite the high price tag. Um, now Bo Nix coming in at 9,800, right underneath him here at Utah. It's a tough matchup, guys. I I love Bo. Um, I think he's the one uh, of those Oregon top three that I am probably going to shy away from this week. Um, I do think Estime and uh, I'm sorry. I do think that Bucky Irving and Troy Franklin are decent options. Um, but when it comes to Bo, I think that for one, we've seen Bucky Irving really take on the role and we've seen them kind of rely on the ground game a little bit more. Um, I think that they'll have to pass. I'm, I'm not completely out on Bo, but at 9,800, he's probably the guy in this top tier that I'm going to have the least amount of. Um, it's just hard for me to get behind. Uh, bow when I saw what Utah did to Caleb last week. So um, they really neutralized him. And if it's a similar game for Oregon as it was for USC, um, then I think he's going to to struggle and have some adversity this week. So moving right along, Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma, uh, 9,400 um, this week as Oklahoma takes on Kansas. Now I did see uh, in our Campus to Canton Discord some rumors of Oklahoma dealing with a little bit of a flu bug, um, dealing with some sickness on campus. Keep an eye on who is active and, and who's participating in warmups um, because you'd hate to be saddled with a, uh, a did not play um, on, on this slate. But assuming Gabriel is a go, um, you know, it really feels like a great opportunity uh, to score some points on Kansas this week. Um Kansas is, you know, a a good defense um, or a good team in general, but their defense isn't the best. Um, Oklahoma comes in with the fourth highest team total on the slate coming in at 37.75. They're behind USC, Penn State and Kansas State um, in terms of team totals. So um, I definitely like uh, Dylan Gabriel there. Right behind Oklahoma in team totals with 36 points this week is Florida State and Jordan Travis at 9,200 against Wake. Um, They're at Wake this week, so this is a road game for him. Um, You know, I think that there is uh, a a good argument to fade him this week, but um, that is really just coming from the fact that they're on the road. Uh, Travis, you know, performed subpar uh, on the road earlier this season against Boston College. I believe that was a road game. Yeah, it was a road game. Um, you know, he put up 20.28 uh, fantasy points in that game. Um, their other road games, so only two road games so far for Travis, Boston College and Clemson, uh, 20.28 points uh, at Boston College and then 25.36 uh, at Clemson. Um, I just don't think that Travis has – as much of an upside as say Gabriel uh, or Williams on this slate. Um, So I'm, I'm probably uh, not going to have high ownership there. Will Howard uh, really interesting because we've seen the emergence of Avery Johnson a little bit uh, for Kansas state, Kansas state playing Houston this week, which is a great matchup um, for this Kansas state offense. Really. I think it's a a decent opportunity on both sides there. Howard is 8,500. Um, it's hard to justify paying for him when we're not hundred percent sure what that split with Johnson is going to look like. Um, you know, you really wish that there was a, 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 an easy target in this game. That being said in some tournaments, I don't hate rolling out Will Howard because we saw what he did last week, despite sharing with Avery Johnson, he was able to put up, <clears throat> you know, 24.36 fantasy points, uh, through for three touchdowns. Um, rushed for 62 yards I mean he's got he's got some uh, some definite upside um, if this Kansas State Houston game turns into a shootout um, I did mention you know the top teams this week Kansas State is third uh, with the highest uh, implied team total 38.25 just a point behind USC and Penn State. Um, Houston uh, does only have a 20.75% uh, 20.75 fantasy point uh, Or total point team total This week So Vegas not really expecting a shootout um, But I think that this is a game Where a lot of fantasy goodness can be found uh, Sticking with that we'll, we'll jump down here a little bit To Donovan Smith at 7,900 I think Donovan Smith um, In a, an underdog role for Houston Um, having to throw to keep themselves alive in this this one Um, we've seen the volume has been there for him all season really Um, you know last week 46 attempts I just go looking back in the game log uh, from there 27 attempts in week 7 against West Virginia 40 and 40 against uh, Texas Tech and Sam Houston 35 against TCU 42 at Rice Donovan Smith is getting the pass volume for sure Um, And he's seeing, you know, good rushing upside. I think we may have overestimated his rushing upside a little bit uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, But, you know, there are games like that Texas Tech game. He had 59 yards, that Rice game. He had 57 yards. Um, You know, both of those matchups were on the road. Those were his only two road matchups similar to Jordan Travis. Uh, So having another road game, maybe Donovan Smith relies a little bit more on his legs as well. Um, That will be an interesting one to watch. I'm a-okay with playing him at 7,900. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be a little scared off from Kansas State because they're typically a slower, uh, more methodical offense, um, and their defense is usually uh, decent. But I think, I think Houston can find some success and have a few big plays. Uh, this next one, you know, I, I hate to talk about Penn State because uh, you all know that that's where my allegiance lies uh, in terms of, of fandom. Last week was a Tough, tough week for Penn State. Um, pretty much a total failure on offense, uh, which is why it, it's hard for me to tout Drew Aller. Um, but gosh, in the tied for the highest team total of the week, only $8,000 playing an awful Indiana defense, particularly against quarterbacks. Um, this is a defense that made Gavin Wimsett a fantasy relevant quarterback a few weeks ago um which makes me think that drew aller really has a shot to put up a good day this this week um i think penn state wants to learn from their mistakes against ohio state and i think they want to get him the ball and be a little bit more aggressive i think they want to throw earlier in the um in the drives i think they want to throw on first and second down try and help get him in a better position I also think there's a chance that they may might try and roll out a few of their younger wide receivers to see if there's any improvement there, if there's anybody who might, you know, perform a little bit better in game rather than in practice, because they need somebody who's going to find separation. Um, if they do that, you know, it makes sense that they would throw a little bit more than they need to, um, because they want to try and prepare themselves for a few weeks down the road. Having you know Michigan still on the horizon um, and an opportunity uh, mathematically to still salvage this season, um, you know it's going to be tough sledding for them. But this week I am I am all systems go with Drew Aller. I think he is a fine play at eight thousand, a little bit cheaper. Again, we've got John Reese Plumley at seventy two hundred. I think he's going to be a very popular choice. Central Florida playing West Virginia this week, seventy two hundred for Plumley um UCF has a 33.25 uh team total um playing West Virginia here they are uh favored let's see they are favored by uh just seven points so expecting a little bit of a shootout and got a, a near 60 t- 60 point t- uh, game total um I think UCF is a great stack uh to be honest I think Plumlee with uh, Javon Baker is fun um, big play potential for both of those guys. I think running it back with a, uh, you know, West Virginia, either Garrett Green um, running naked green or, uh, you know, even just CJ Donaldson running it back is a, a fine option there as well. So um, definitely like Plumlee this week. At 7,000 and even 7K, Malik Murphy uh, for Texas. Uh, you know, he's got BYU. They're in Austin this week. Um Filling in for Quinn Ewers, who looks like he's going to be out for at least a few weeks. I think it was an AC joint. I, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what I read previously on Ewers. On um, Murphy is a, a great potential transfer candidate this this year um, in this offseason. Um, I don't know what his redshirt status is, but he's only played in three games, so you just anticipate him playing in at least one more. Um without having to jeopardize any redshirt status or any eligibility like that. I could be wrong, though. He may have already used it. Um, But those are the kind of things that you want to pay attention to, especially when you think a guy like Murphy is going to be transferring soon. Um, But all uh, assumptions are he's going to be the starter against BYU. um, And I think he'll perform admirably in this showcase for him. Um, He wants to prove that he has starting quarterback potential at a Power 5 program. And these next few weeks, he has every opportunity to show that. So. At 7K, I think he is a great option to uh, kind of get down in the mid-range uh, quarterbacks here. Uh, Keaton Slovis at 6600, a little bit interesting. I think that Texas defense is going to play pretty stout against BYU this week, um, but you know Keaton Slovis has put up 18 points per game so far this season, and I think that uh, you know for 6600, you could you could do worse. Um, the main value guy that I want to talk about though, is going to be, uh, Fernando Mendoza, the quarterback at Cal. So he has played, uh, he's played in three games. Um, it looks like his first start, I'm trying to see if he started that Oregon state game or not. I can't, can't tell. Um, he did have 32 attempts in there. So I believe he There's a good chance he did. Um, but he put up 23.38 fantasy points against a pretty good Oregon state defense. Uh, When you consider Oregon state um, you rank them up towards the top of the PAC 12 in terms of, of defensive prowess Um, at Utah last week, he put up 13.16 fantasy points, which doesn't seem great, but then you compare that to what Caleb Williams did last week. And you know, it's, it's only about a touchdown off of what, what Caleb scored. So I, I, really think this is a great opportunity for Mendoza at 5,800. He is cheap. Um, and he offers uh, some consistency. Uh, he's through two touchdowns against Utah, two touchdowns against um, Oregon state. Doesn't have huge rushing upside, but he seems like he's mobile enough to avoid negative yardage from sacks. Um, and he's playing a USC defense that has to be just so demoralized. Um, this USC defense is the reason they are not going to the playoffs. It is the reason why, um, Their season has been, you know, fairly unanimously unsuccessful so far this year, uh, despite having a dynamite offense. So Mendoza is absolutely somebody I'm interested in having uh, good exposure to this weekend. I think his ownership, though, is going to be reflective of that because people want to pick on that USC defense. Moving over to running back. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, Bucky Irving, I think in his passing, uh, game work at 7,600 at Utah, I think he's still viable, um, because he gets that receiving work. Um, that really seems to be kind of the difference maker to me. Um, if he didn't have that receiving game work, I'd be nervous. Um, but I, I think he's, he's going to be a good tournament play because he's, he's playing a tough defense and he has the ability to win despite matchup. Um, Going back to that Cal game, uh, Jaden Ott at 7,700, playing USC. It seems to me that Ott, you know, he excels in the games um, against, you know, poor defenses. Uh, He beats the teams that he he should be beating, and he struggles against the teams that are a little better. Um, And you can just see that in his game log. 35.1 points uh, against uh, North Texas, 29.4 points against Arizona State while struggling against Oregon State, uh, 9.2 points there. He did have a receiving touchdown against Utah, 17.4 points in that game, um, that really bailed him out in that tough matchup, which, again, is kind of why I talked about that with Bucky Irving. Um, If you have the receiving opportunities against Utah, uh, I think that's your opportunity to kind of keep them off balance a little bit and still get the production out of your playmaker at running back. Um, But to go back to Ott, against USC here, there is really no doubt in my mind that he should have a good game. Um, he did have that receiving touchdown against Utah. Maybe he gets a little bit more receiving work here, um, but I don't think he'll, he'll necessarily need it to be um, productive in this one. Um, and then rounding out the top three here, we've got Audric Estime, 7,800. Um, Notre Dame taking on Pitt. Uh, I don't love Estime in this spot. I know Estime is just a volume monster. Um, But something about Narduzzi just kind of makes me nervous playing a running back against him because he is almost Belichickian in a way where he wants to take away what you do best. um, And he's going to commit the resources to do it. Um, So I think that he wants Notre Dame to try and get this win on the arm of of Sam Hartman, um, which is a little bit, you know, should make Notre Dame fans a little bit nervous if that's the case. Um, I still think Sam Hartman can easily do that. Um, but, you know, it's not Notre Dame's bread and butter. So, Estime, um, strictly a volume play at 7,800, but I, I don't plan on playing a lot of Estime. Um, and that could be at my own demise. Um, like I said, I know he's going to get the work. It's just a matter of capitalizing on the opportunity. Jonathan Brooks is another guy who I'm not completely sold on having a high volume of this week. Um, I'm sure I'll get a sprinkle at 7500. Um, but it's you know, it's always a little bit interesting when you get a new quarterback in there. How does the opposing defense use that? How does they, how do they game plan? And if I'm you know if I'm BYU, I'm obviously going to be dedicating all of my um, all of my defenders to load the box, make it hard for them to win make the backup quarterback, make Malik Murphy beat me with his arm. Um, and I think BYU has a, a defense that can stop the run enough to just give Brooks a little bit of a headache um, on, on his day. Um, you know, 7,500 is still, you know, that upper echelon of, of running back. Um, I know he's going to be getting, you know, 20, 25 touches on this, this game. Um, so it's hard to justify a complete fade. Um, but I think it's completely valid to ex- anticipate a game that is, you know, somewhere in the 15 to 20 point range as opposed to the 30 and 40 point matchup or performances that he's done, you know, against Oklahoma and Kansas this year. Uh, continuing on down the list. Uh, let's see. Dejon Edwards is interesting at Florida. We saw Ramon Davis uh, gash Florida earlier this year. Uh, Edwards is only 7, 300. Um, An important note, Jawar Jordan, uh, Louisville's running back at 7,000. He's dealing with hamstring issues. He's questionable right now. If he is a no-go this week, I am going to have a good deal of Isaac Guarindo, um, the backup there at Louisville. He's 4,800. Great salary relief if you're looking for um, a place to save. Like I said, there's not much quarterback value this week. Um, but Guarindo uh, and also Sione Vaki, the defensive back, safety slash running back uh, for Utah that really, really beat up on USC in the passing game yesterday. Or not yesterday, last week um, at 5K. You know, those two guys at 4,800 and 5K, there are some decent options here to save, uh, save some salary and, and really get some relief there. Um, some middle middle range guys, some mid-range guys here, Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. Like I said, you know, it's hard to tap Penn State after the poor performance against Ohio State, but we really need to lean into matchups and seeing how many points Penn State is projected to score by Vegas. Um, at 6,300 for Singleton and 5,900 for Allen, it's hard not to want to play one of those guys. Um, I do lean Singleton in my lineups um, just because he's more dynamic, more explosive, um, more versatile. Um, but Katron Allen does seem to get, you know, some goal line works and some, uh, some good touchdown equity. Um, so I'm not opposed to playing either of them. At 6,500, we've got DJ Giddens at Kansas state. If you're shying away from the quarterback situation, you don't know, you know, Walker Howard or I'm sorry, Will Howard or, um, Avery Johnson, who's going to be getting the work there at quarterback. Um, DJ Giddens has provided some consistency at running back, despite TreShaun Ward being back. Um, he has still gotten some decent work. Um, he's not seeing, you know, those those massive, you know, twenty uh, to thirty touch games, um, but he is still seeing, um, you know, uh, a decent fifteen carries, um, fifteen touches, rather. Um, And he usually is getting the ball around the goal line, which definitely helps his fantasy production. CJ Donaldson is the last guy I'll talk about here. 6,100 for Donaldson. Great matchup at UCF. Um, West Virginia is, uh, you know, one touchdown dog on the road. This seems like an opportunity where West Virginia might be able to get into a little bit of a shootout with uh, UCF. If UCF is able to um, pull away, you know, that does neutralize Donaldson a little bit. Um, but that's not what I'm expecting. I think Donaldson is one of the more consistent players in, uh, in the, the country. He has scored a touchdown in every single game except week two against Duquesne. Um, and, you know, in that game, they didn't need Donaldson. They were playing Duquesne. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's going to be a, uh, an interesting week for him. Um, I think he's got uh, smash spot potential. Um, for multiple touchdowns, uh, but I, I think his floor still is relatively safe as well. So before we jump into wide receivers, uh, I'm going to give a little bit of the spiel uh, that if you are not yet a Campus Ducanton uh, member, uh, to go and check out the different options and offerings. Uh, really, there is something for any fantasy football player, any fantasy football connoisseur. Um, you know, we've we've got that Dynasty content. We've got that that Devi content. We've got um, just so many great tools and uh, different resources. The Discord is a big favorite of mine um, to be able to jump in and talk shop with a bunch of knowledgeable guys. is just an asset that uh, it's really hard to put a, a value on, but um, it has just been super, super insightful um, for me. You know, before my time as a contributor, um, I was one of the guys, you know, Going in the Discord and asking for uh, for thoughts and opinions, and uh, I am more than happy to return that love for anybody who has any questions on on uh, you know best practice and things to do for your fantasy team. So um, make sure to uh, check out those subscriptions and uh, find the price point that works best for you. Um, additionally, if you are a home field apparel fan, uh, make sure to use that uh, discount code C2C uh, for I believe ten percent off your order. Um, Homefield is a uh you know a very cherished brand around the uh campus to canton family um, i most recently just got a, a new penn state hoodie uh, it's a nice 1994 rose bowl champions hoodie and it is a great purchase it's starting to get a little uh, chilly down here in texas uh next week is uh, going to be in the the 30s 40s and 50s all week so uh, i'm sure that hoodie will be in heavy rotation very comfortable. Uh, again, discount code C2C. Moving right along, wide receiver. Um, we've got a lot of names that I've, I've got written down here. So I'm, I'm going to move pretty quickly through them um, because I want to make sure we do get a chance to talk about all of them. The only big fade at the top of my list here at the top of the, the salary list is going to be Ricky Pearsall. 7100 I just really don't want to rely on a volume guy in an offense that I think is going to really struggle against Georgia. Um, I don't want anything to do with that offense this week. Um, I'll leave it at that. That that seems, <laughs> seems sufficient. Uh, Troy Franklin at 8,300. Um, he is a great, great, great receiver. He leads. Uh, all wide receivers on this slate in targets, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, he's tied for touchdowns, I believe, with Nick Anderson and another. I am not sure. I, I'm, I'm blanking on that other person here. Um, I included it in my uh, my coverage of, of Chris Kay's usual article, Tearing Up the Competition. If you are a, um, an NIL member at Campus to Canton, you can, you can find out who that is by reading that article. Um, but Troy Franklin really just dominates this slate as the best um, best performance uh, so far this year. Um, and he comes in, you know, very aggressively priced. He is more than $1,000 uh, more expensive than the next playable option. Um, who, I mean, Ricky Pearsall is the next guy who's actually going to be active. And he's at 7100 compared to the $8,300. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no hesitation rolling out Franklin. It's a tough matchup. But in those big games and stuff matchups, they really need to rely on their superstars. And I think Troy Franklin is a veritable superstar. Keon Coleman at 7,000 uh, for Florida State at Wake. Um, if Johnny Wilson is unable to go, he is questionable. He uh, left last week's game. Um, if he is unable to go, that should buoy the consistency for Coleman. Coleman has been hot and cold all season long. Um, just a little inconsistent, you know. <laughs> you look at his game log and you see forty-two points, thirteen points, 0.2 points, twenty-five points, five points, thirty-two points, seven points, back and forth. To uh, to quote Michael Scott, "Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap." Uh, it is, it's it's been tough sledding for Keon Coleman owners in season long and in dynasty. You know, it feels like every other week is a uh, a Keon Coleman week. Um, if he has the consistency and volume with Johnny Wilson being out, I really like him this week at 7,000. think he has, um, you know, slate-breaking potential, multiple touchdown potential, great upside against Wake, uh, and a very leaky pass defense there. Um, moving down the list, you've got USC receivers. That seems to be whack-a-mole, you know, pin the tail on the USC receiver. Uh, you're shooting blind. With, with them, it seems like, just with the volatility. Uh, Taj Washington and Brendan Rice. Uh, Brendan Rice, actually, is the uh, player who was also uh, tied for receiving touchdowns with Troy Franklin. So we do have that that volume there in, in touchdown equity, at least. Um, but Taj Washington, you know Mario Williams, Brendan Rice. Um, Rice and Washington have been the two guys who have the highest um, consistency in terms of being able to produce an average fantasy score. I like Zachariah Branch coming in as you know the the least expensive of the top five USC receivers, um, just because he's got such explosive potential. Uh, he can run pump back, he can run a kickback, he can take a screen ninety eight yards to the end zone. You know he's got just really superstar potential out there. He's only fifty seven hundred, but paying more expensive uh, for you know Taj Washington, Mario Williams, Brendan Rice all. Sixty nine to six thousand four hundred. There, that's that's hard for me to get my mind around. Uh, Dorian Singer at five thousand nine hundred. Don't love it, but you know I get wanting exposure to this game for sure. Um, Houston receivers: uh, Matt Golden and Sam Brown. I'll even toss um, you know Manjack into that uh, that category as well. He had a a very nice game last week, um, taking six receptions, eighty eight yards, and a touchdown. Um, playing Kansas state, I mentioned earlier in talking about Donovan Smith. I think that Houston has enough big play potential and, um, you know, vertical threats to keep Kansas state on their toes. Um, I do not hesitate in rolling golden or Brown. I wouldn't pay, play more than a sprinkling of man, Jack, but he's going to be the lowest owned of the three for sure. Um, they're a little bit more expensive than I'd like. $6,500 for Golden, 6300 for Brown. Uh, and then Man Jack is coming in at 5700 Um, A little bit more expensive than I'd like, but not, you know, they're they're not going to break the bank um, to try and jam them in. A guy who I think is too cheap is Jamari Thrash. 6100 playing Duke. Duke has limited wide receivers uh, well um, so far this year from a fantasy perspective. Um, but Jamari Thrash, especially if Jawar Jordan is out it really feels like they're going to need to just really funnel everything to thrash. Um, Keon Coleman, not Keon Coleman, Kevin Coleman is another uh, name to watch if Jordan is out because Louisville will really need to rely on their playmakers in that, uh, that situation. Um, but I love Jamari Thrash at 6,100. I think he is a steal uh, from a volume perspective. Um, I'll just mention Keandre Lambert Smith. I'm not, having a ton of him, he does have volume, but he's also, I mentioned earlier, I think Penn State is going to try and rotate receivers heavily this week um, to try and find somebody to jumpstart that offense. Um, So I hesitate to play too much Keandre Lambert-Smith. Uh, Javon Baker huge big play potential um, doesn't have the huge volume but against West Virginia I really think he's going to be a good option uh, to break one um, he just needs one he, he needs one touch and he can take it to the house and given play um, with Plumley back I have a lot more faith uh, Roland Baker Nick Anderson at Oklahoma 5800 along with Evan Stewart at 5800 these are two guys who um, have you know way more um, explosiveness than I think their price tag warrants. Um, Stewart has been limited with Max Johnson at quarterback ever since um, the injury um, to their starter. Nick Anderson has really emerged with the injury of uh, Andrell Anthony, the Michigan transfer Um, with him out for the season. Anderson and Farouk and Stoops are the three wide receivers there. There, there isn't much of a rotation um, but again, keep an eye out. Listen for some some information on, uh, you know, who's who's warming up this week uh, because Anderson um, on that OU team that is dealing with some illness and some some sickness. Uh, Dominic Lovett at fifty seven hundred is a, a guy who I believe um, resident Georgia Bulldog fan Jordan Palmgren was a. Uh, promoting on chasing the natty as the prime beneficiary of the uh the brock bowers injury 5700 at florida um don't love the matchup here but he's a guy to keep an eye on i don't mind a sprinkling there um i think that that you know could could have some juice (laughs) excuse me all right um i mentioned zachary branch Uh, i mentioned dominic lovett Chase Roberts at 5100 for BYU, I think, is a very fine choice. Um, he has really emerged um, as a, a good option for Keaton Slovis, Slovis. Um, He's got two games over 20 fantasy points this year, um, one's against Cincy and another one against Southern Utah. Um, you know, it, you're you're looking for some darts that are you know a little bit thinner plays in this area. 5,100, I do not mind Chase Roberts at all, though I think he has enough uh, big game upside to uh, to warrant a roster ship. Then the last guys that I'm going to mention here are some um, uh, cheap flyers. Um, Jaden Thomas uh, and Jaden Greathouse for Notre Dame are both back healthy. I mentioned that I think Narduzzi is going to really limit Estimate and try and crowd the box and give um, tough fronts to run against. Um, so that is really going to mean that Notre Dame, I think, is going to have to throw the football more than they want to on a, a weekly basis um, this week against Pitt. And so Jaden Thomas, 4,800. Jaden Greathouse, only 3,400. Uh, Greathouse is a dart throw. He is averaging around three targets per game. Um, but That being said, he has also found production with those limited targets. Um, He seems like a guy that Sam Hartman likes to target um, in the red zone. Um, We know he had that two touchdown uh, week to start the season against Navy. Also had a touchdown against NC State. Um, But then, um, you know, with the injury, hasn't played since Ohio State in week four. Um, But I, I think that he is a great cheap option to play this week. Um, since he is back and healthy, Jaden Thomas also allegedly back and healthy, according to Marcus Freeman. Um, you, you know, both of these guys have only played in four games, but I think they make a world of difference um, in getting uh, this Notre Dame offense to be a little bit more um, explosive and fun, <laughs> to be honest. So, I think they are great options. Um, I did see those were the last guys, but I'm also going to mention here Cal. Um, You know, I think that Trey Davis is an interesting name at 4,900. Not Trey, Taj, I'm sorry. Um, He had uh, six receptions for 63 yards against Oregon State with um, Mendoza in. And against Utah, he had seven receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown with Mendoza in. Seems like Mendoza likes him. Only 4,900. Jeremiah Hunter is 5,500. You know, Hunter was shut down. No receptions i don't know if there's injury things against utah um but you know a zero across the board on the stat line for him um there's also some interest in you know Trond grizzle at 4500 i think he's too low of volume uh and a little bit too expensive to uh to get any ownership for me but i know Kay has mentioned him in the past so i wanted to bring him up again so um but that that wraps it up for me uh this slate seems like your value is going to be found at running back and wide receiver Um, so it is worth digging around and trying to to find the right combo there. Um, To answer the question we ask every week, is this a two-quarterback week? I think it's a little bit closer to a no than it has been in the previous few weeks just because there's less value at the quarterback position, Um, but there's no overwhelming great plays in mid range at running back that I really feel warrant saying that this is a one quarterback week. So I will be rolling two quarterbacks and I would say at least 80% of my lineups. Um, But we might get a sprinkling of some uh, additional uh, options there. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a great weekend and thanks for bearing with this solo pod. Chris K and I should be back together again next week. Um, But until then, enjoy this week's matchup, and uh, I hope that it is a profitable week for y'all.